Thank you for listening to the Simply Syndicated Federation. For more great shows like these, visit us at simplysyndicated.com. All right, I'm going to go and try and find Mike. Wait, no, he's still not what? locked in. What? Yeah, I'll go and find him and tell him that he needs a, a horror name. Where's my boy? And also to be on the call. Yeah, I'll, I'll go do that. Give me a second. I'm going to put some pants on. Now we are all horrified. Congratulations. Yay! <laughs> filled the duty of this show. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> I think we've got a bumper. <laughs> And welcome to World One Stage One. Yay! <laughs> Halloween special. I am Simon, and with me are a very scary lineup of reprobates: Jack, <laughs> hello, Irish, howdy, and of course, you know what Michael's like, which is why it's going to scare the lot of you that he's here. Yeah, Michael! Oh, oh yeah, it's weird. My boy. Because it's been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. I'm a busy bee. Which and toilet are you in today? Toilet. I'm in the one that's called my bedroom. And uh, that chair. That was remind loud. Me not to, remind me Sorry. not to go into your bedroom then. So what was the last show you were on, Mike? I'm trying to remember. I quite literally can't remember. Um, I think it was Metal Gear Solid. You would have no, been no, on no. that one. No, no, It was... Oh. I've still got all the photos of me from the Metal Gear Solid. Oh, which one was it? Because when you were in London, wasn't it? For your training. I thought I was in one after that. I thought Metal Gear Solid was after that. Was it? It may have been. But anyway, Mutant Metal Gear Solid Mutant still Whistle- like... Mutant wishlisting. Oh yeah, you were in that. Okay, you've only missed two. That's not too bad. I don't know, that's pretty bad. That just says that we haven't done enough episodes. That is true. That that's the problem. you guys' fault. It's not there, my there have been some... Hey, own... hey, hey unsolvable technical issues yes well I say unsolvable they have now been solved but at the time they were unsolvable that was a way you were for what reason uh, I got married yeah you did Irish I is got... now Mr. Irish <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I've always been Mr. Irish I now have a Mrs. Irish it was now a Mrs. Irish yes that's true and yes, so that was that was. And there's going to be a baby Irish too. Oh yeah. god, an Irishling. <laughs> an Irishling. Actually, an Ireling does sound a lot better. Ireling does sound good. <laughs> I'm awesome. That's the best you're gonna get out of this, mate. But, yeah, we took we took a walk into Mothercare today, and we walked out with Jenna crying her eyes because like I'm so happy. I haven't bought anything, and the baby's not here happy? yet, but I'm so happy. <laughs> I have to say, you have somewhat trumped us for like what we've been up to with the whole. I've got married. I've, I've, you know, I'm having a baby, and it's Ooh, like, yeah, well, I win. I played the Stanley so Parable. Let's see. So moving on. Have anyone seen any good films at the weekend? Fair <laughs> uh, enough. I watched a lot of films when we went on my honeymoon. Due to the nine and a half hour flight out and the <laughs> seven and a half hour flight back. 
they finally got to catch up and stuff like oh yeah you went on your honeymoon and came back as well in the space of time we've been away yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought a flat that's true that's quite a big announcement we're moving out at the end of this week yeah but Irish is moving as well so you don't trump him yeah. on that I'm moving into my house though yeah. 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 I'm moving, Brian moving, so. We're moving first. Ha, ha, ha. Did you guys enjoy the wedding? Yes, very much. Oh, absolutely. I got to wear a hat. You certainly did. I it was an so awesome bad. ceremony. It was a very, very you ceremony. I liked it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be an Irish ceremony if it didn't fuck up somewhere, I suppose. At least it didn't fall asleep at the start of it. <laughs> or the middle. Or the middle of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they call you Jenny. They'd call her Jenny. They call her Jenny. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> there are worse things that have happened at weddings. That's very true. That's very Most true. Most of them, yep. you know, mobster movies, but... <laughs> yeah, you ended the day married. That's about, you know, the best you can hope for. Yeah. Like, and there are three states. There's married, not married, and on fire. And, you know, you got it with number one. Good choice. Oh, God. Yeah, Jenny reminded me about Nigel's speech, a dad's speech. That was Oh, my God. That was was horrible. (laughs) Yes, the less said about that, the better. Yeah. Certainly don't want to go into the implied masturbation jokes. Uh, That was so cringe. I was was sitting there going, where's he going with this? Trust me, dude, we were all thinking that. I saw it to him afterwards, and apparently... he could see like the master of ceremonies out in the hallway watching with a big smile on his face and as he progressed through his speech his face just kind of fell like to what the fuck <laughs> but no 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 bail out bail out <laughs> see it was fine because I had my crayons so I was okay <laughs> yeah I found out about that and went what I thought you knew about that I didn't know I about thought everyone trail. was in on that joke. No, I'm apparently as you know, me being me, I never get told shit. Well, to lastly for our that. audience, I'm still not in on this. What? Oh, thank God. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. When we sat down for the dinner, Rowan came over to me and went, Now, I know you get bored at things like this. <laughs> and then give me a pack of crayons. <laughs> because I'm like twelve. That's amazing. <laughs> So I sat there for the entire, like, all of the speeches and everything. I was just doodling on every single piece of paper I could find. <laughs> Turns out there's a whole lot of paper in Pitbull Pump Rooms. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm dicks on everything at the wedding. It was amazing. Yeah. It, our, our wedding book was just full of crayon shit. That's amazing. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best scribble. wedding book. Yeah, it's like the way everyone's filled it out in nice, this really nice loads of stuff just in this nice pen and pencil and just everything's really nice and really pretty and then, then there's my scrawlings in crayon <laughs> Mike did you not see the, the, the wish I left in there the little, the little niceness I left in their uh, wedding book no I didn't see your one it was written in a scratchy horrible spiral turning out from the centre of yeah the... that was awesome so yeah. I figured why not leave them with a little bit of uneasiness on their wedding night I was like, the fuck? And I was like, oh, that was really nice. I wish I had. I was tempted to sign it from their future child, saying it was was delighted to have attended the wedding, but sad that it couldn't have made contact due to temporal law. I wish I had (laughs) done that now. 
Uh, that, was, that was pretty amazing. See, me, we, Kim, Sophie were having a fight in the comment. Because <laughs> they were attacking me with jelly beans. Yeah. To be fair, he had it coming. He had it coming. Don't start this. Okay, that, that, that didn't need to go into a fucking Chicago outbreak. <laughs> Everything needs to go into a Chicago outbreak. No, because that's the only song I know from that fucking musical. And there was fucking I've never bubbles seen it. everywhere. Well, you did put bubble mix on every table. That's true. We, it took we were the to table go, that figured it out. It took forever people to realise that there were bubbles on the table. And it was it like, took us like 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Because I was trying to be dignified. You were on the head that. table, so that's what you had to do. Yeah. Like I'll sit next to your dad. Oh, yeah, and then Leah singing. She was phenomenal. Oh, was amazing. And I just, loved the lineup of songs she was singing. Like I said, it was a very you service. Yeah. yeah. She, she did, she, she did, for the listeners, she did uh, various live rendition. Of, like, Hello? Oh, no. Live rendition of Silence. The, there is no live rendition of Jack at the moment. No, there, just lost such him. a beautiful memory that he's fallen <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> well, it was sort of video game music mostly. There was some anime in there as well, I believe. Uh, I yeah. think there was one or two. Hi, it's Jenna. Um, Hi, I'm Jenna. giving him my laptop to okay. him because I'm nice. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, she did. She did also um, make me break my own promise, where I said I would not cry. I was so I was like tearing up the entire time. I was just like. I wasn't, but then I'm a soulless monster. Okay. Jenna says she's given Jack her laptop. It does sound like given it to a monster. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fatalities, dude. <laughs> Yay, Halloween! You're very loud now. Yes, hang on. Let me uh, Step yeah. back, motherfucker. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Oh. Sorry? Best wife ever, yes. <laughs> yes, we were just uh, elucidating that it was a uh, video game and possibly anime themes yeah there was video game and anime themes and then um Ow. you know it's all very nice and then i got to pick the the song we walked out to so. yes which i have to say i've never laughed that hard during a wedding service in my life no nah, it was it was amazing yeah because uh i decided to it's like fuck it we're having a good time let's put still alive as our ending theme and the power of Still Alive in Portal is that it comes at you out of nowhere. It doesn't fit the tone of the game, and then it surprises the crap out of you and makes you laugh. Same thing happens if you put it as the exit music of a wedding reception service, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, thing that, one of the major things I remember from that is we were walking along, because knew, we knew it was coming, but then all I heard was Kaylee. Just <laughs> cracking up already, and we had we barely taken a few steps. She was somewhat quicker on on the uptake than most of us. Yeah, it took me a couple of seconds. I was just like, "Wait, I know this." By the time, by I was the time just we got into this, can't be. By the time we <laughs> got to the like, door, no, wait, these guys, of by the time we got to the door, it was suddenly there is all the laughter, success. <laughs> See, see, for me, it was when we were all waiting out in the, in the sort of the lobby and I was there just like, you know, we were seeing everyone coming in and all that and then everything was getting set up and I was just like, ah, this is good. I, I, I'm feeling emotional, but I'm not going to cry. And then the ending theme to Metal Gear Solid, start, she started singing. <laughs> and, I said, and she wished, she did say she wished she could have finished, she could have finished it, but unfortunately, just the timings. Oh, just, I, I, I crumbled. Oh, 
It was emotional. Emotions. Yeah. I have to say that one left me cold because I didn't know what it was. Oh. It was a beautifully sung piece of music, but I had it's, no idea what it was. It's just with added stuff because the name of the song, it's, it's the ending theme to Metal Gear Solid, but it's called The Best Is Yet To Come. Oh, that's nice. So just, just before the wedding, it's a re- that's a really, really nice... Yeah. Yeah. Nicely appropriate. But then, um... What was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. It all ended... Well, good night was had by all. Thank yeah. you. was had by all. And then I made everyone feel very ill by making them smoke cigars. I, w- I, didn't, I didn't just feel ill. I was ill. <laughs> I didn't feel you ill. You can't handle anything. I don't know if I was... I was literally... I was a bit queasy all day. I had some kind of bug going on. And then I just had that cigar and I was like... Why don't you have a bug going on? Right now. I'm actually all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, what? I'm sick at the moment. I'm the one that's oh, sick. Oh, oh. He's okay. Right. I'm sick. There has to be disease in that household. That's the rule. <laughs> There could also be only two people in employment at a time. There could be only one. It, it is and, a two-person flat, technically. Yeah. But well, then, two bedrooms, so... And, and, then, and then the cigars happened, and then half an hour later, I may have potentially um, painted the, 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 the bathroom of the Pitfall Pump Rooms. <laughs> did you? I did not know that. Yeah. Are you okay? I, I, I was fine. I was much, much more fine afterwards. <laughs> When was that? What time? Was that an evening? Oh, that was when you made me buy you the drink because you were waiting for a drink and then you handed me the money and went, get me this and give the change to Rowan. I went, where yeah. are you going? And you went, I'm going to go throw up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Oh, and I proceeded all, to buy myself lots of alcohol. We all have our wonderful, wonderful memories of the wedding. <laughs> I do have agree. you got Champagne Girl's number? I need Champagne Girl in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree with Hexforth's suggestion that you do need Snake Eater sung at yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so, that, so that's what happened to me. That's, yeah, that's, that's that, a big sum up there. Yeah, that's that's a that's corner of our show gone. Yeah, that <laughs> a lot happened. I mean, on the other hand, though, you know, price of sprouts in Tesco went up by 20p. <laughs> what? And they fell by sprouts. That's that's all I've got. Between the last, well, between the last episode, you've now you're now employed. Oh yeah, I've got a job now. I've got a job. I got my promotion. Mike got his promotion. Yeah, he's now a white shirt. I am a white shirt, which is an improvement. I went to see um, an interesting Q and A panel on Ender's Game with uh, Harrison Ford and uh, people. But not oh, yeah. Orson Scott Card. No, not Orson Scott Card. If, if he had been there, I well, I would still have gone, but I would yeah. have uh, probably <laughs> thrown something at him. I found out Bob Orsi <laughs> is a dick in person. Who's that? Bob Orsi. I don't know who that is. He's a movie producer. He produced, amongst other things, uh, the Star Trek reboots. Oh, okay, so already... Oh, the guy that basically said... Um, we like, made a lot of money, therefore we're the best Star Trek of all time. And also, if you think you could do any better, why don't you do it? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. He's that an asshole. asshole. He, he just sort of sat there, arms folded, and in the whole evening said about four things. Two of them were openly hostile, and two of them were very apathetic. Wow. Right. Uh, yeah, he was not fun. Um, <laughs> the kids who were there, um, you know, the stars, basically, Ender and... Um, Cannot remember the character's name. Um, but they were really nice. Very, very intelligent and engaging for 16-year-olds. Yeah. And I'm probably going to end up seeing the film. Cool. I should probably read the book before I see the film. It is a good book. 
Um, whatever you think about, whatever you think about Orson Scott Card as a person, and yes, an argument could very easily be made that he is a horrible person. Uh, not many arguments against that can be made. (laughs) But it's seminal science fiction. The problematic stuff isn't really in the book. Yeah. Apart from the one continuing theme that the aliens are referred to as buggers. So it is humanity versus buggers, which for a known (laughs) homophobe, it's, yeah. yeah, poor choice of word, or possibly a very careful choice of word. I'm not sure. Uh, they changed that in the movie. Did they? Well, they yeah. they've called them the Formic, just given them a, an alien race name. Ah, I quite like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, although the event at Leicester Square, Odie and I would have preferred to have gone to is actually on tonight, so I wouldn't be here if I'd got an invite to that. And oh. that's uh, Thor Two: The Dark World is having its opening. This is. And I went and visited the giant Mjolnir in Leicester <gasps> Square at lunchtime. Yeah, I saw pictures of that. So I only saw that this morning. I was like, oh my God. Were you able to lift it? No. Ah. Uh, Nor was I allowed to try. Oh, really? Because they were afraid that you might have been able to, because, you know, a Viking. <laughs> Back to this again. No, they just knew that Stanley was rolling around in his pickup, so. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, funny enough, do you know? Do you know who the uh, in, in the first Thor film? Do you know who the first hillbilly that tries to pick up the um, the, the hammer is? No, it's G. Michael Straczynski. Oh, is it? Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. You told me the other night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my favourite little cameos. Hmm. That's a pretty cool one. Hmm. I don't know who J. Michael Straczynski is. He he is a good. He is a great writer. He's a good writer. Bab Five. My... Bab Five is a great piece of work. Yeah. But he has written more than that. That is true. And so the other he, stuff he's written is good. Uh, okay. So he's a good writer who has written a couple of great things. But uh, it all averages out. Yeah. Yeah. I trust your guys' judgment. That's a really, really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, we, we're now on, like, what, 55 episodes of evidence why that's a bad idea? Yeah. And how many of those episodes am I demonstrating my ability for poor ideas? Well, for a start, I'm on some of these episodes. Yeah, that's true. But we could we could get rid of you like like that. <laughs> In fact, all we have to do is wait until you go away. Because <laughs> you you frequently do that. I work <laughs> nights. What do you hey, want? Mike, Mike, what are you gonna be for Halloween? Are you gonna dress up as an actual World One Stage One presenter? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, shit. Fixed burn Somebody heel. Somebody take it to the burn See, as that is our topic, I'm actually curious now. What are you going to be for Halloween? Who? Kim, Any of Kim you. Bart, isn't she? I don't think I'm doing anything for Halloween. I'm not dressing up for Halloween, am I? Mike, we've lost you. You've not lost me. Oh, there you are. I can hear you in your room, but I couldn't hear you on Skype. You're a weirdo. Um... I've got, I'm only going to the Rocky Horror Night, so I will be dressing up as a transvestite. You're some as Frankenfurter. Yeah, I feel I should probably point this out, is that one of the most terrifying things I've ever experienced is leaving my my um, bedroom to be greeted by Mike in a corset and suspender belt and, like, fishnet tights. Now, was it a corset or was it a basque? Because there's a Sorry. big difference between the two. Sorry, basque. It was a, the, the Frankenfurter and whatnot. <laughs> I just if you're going to put that mental image in my mind I want it to be accurate yeah <laughs> and then what was it like three three nights later you just came into the living room and started talking to me and I interrupted you by saying are you wearing makeup because apparently you hadn't washed it off 
Yeah, Kim decided to do my makeup. Yep. Uh, as for me, I, I assume I'm not working on Halloween, but if I am, I'm going to work, since I work in the home department most of the time, I'm going to go to work as Ash from, uh, from the End of Army of Darkness. <laughs> There's a film that's getting an unwarranted sequel. Is it? Yeah. Wait, wait, Army of Darkness or? Yes. Well, as, as in, do you mean there's, there's right? I'm confused. Uh, a sequel to specifically Army of Darkness, or a sequel to the remake of Evil Dead reboot? Yes. Oh dear. Oh, I didn't cool. follow it closely enough. Um, Fair enough. But I know Bruce Campbell is involved. Okay. Okay. I, it is Army of Darkness two. Um, oh. Uh, with Bruce Campbell in it. Huh. Okay. I'm okay oh. with this. Uh, he was apparently at a Comic Con and said uh, the last one was 22 years ago. I haven't been racing to do it. Sam Raimi is just a little bit busy making the biggest movies in Hollywood. I used to be busy. Now I'm not. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need this in my life. <laughs> but yes, that does get us onto our topic, does it not? Does somewhat. Yes. Topics. I like topic. It's a really underrated genre. Topics, chocolate bars, you get those when you trick or treat. Segway! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still fucking got it. Damn, I thought I drowned you there. <laughs> no, you just helped me, dude. I gotta work hard. Mike, Mike, why are you sounding further and further away? I think he's in the toilet again. Because I keep moving, and this microphone is really sensitive. I can, like, just move no, ever so slightly. No, it isn't. It sounds like you're talking through a cushion. <laughs> you're talking through a cushion. No, seriously, you know, like, when, when the serial killer in the movies, like, puts the gun to the, the, the cushion and then shoots, your voice sounds like that bullet. You sound like a gunshot, apparently. Well, I can't hear how I sound. <laughs> yes, you can. Just fucking talk and listen. Professional. Oh, fucks to tell me. We just did! <laughs> Why didn't you tell me before we did the show? Because you, you sound just fine at the time. It. Then what's changed? You're not by a cushion. You're not paying fucking attention. Welcome to World One's Big One, the show where we have really intense conversations about our technical competency. I'm kill you with a fucking hammer. <laughs> it's under the sofa. It is. It's right next to the hair curlers and the hair straighteners and the Argos catalogue. <laughs> I wish I wish this wasn't unusual for us. <laughs> I'm looking right from where I can see is is a battery charger, the Argos catalog, hair straighteners, a claw hammer, a 360 controller, and a deflated balloon. <laughs> I read the balloon. <laughs> Why does that sound really fucking sinister? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> back to something again <laughs> anyway Halloween is fast approaching ladies and gentlemen whoop 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 it is Actually, to be fair to be fair Halloween is not fast approaching we're already in Halloween it is currently as at the time of recording it is the 22nd of Halloween yes yeah because we all know how, how Jack's um, calendar goes you've got 31 days of Halloween and then you got five fireworks nights, and then you got forty. You got the forty-nine days of Christmas, <laughs> like in that song, the forty-nine days of Christmas. <laughs> Your true love gave to you. Yeah, on the forty-seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me forty-seven copies of Scrubs, the first season on DVD, and I was like, "Oh, cheers!" But you know, I only really need one. 
well, I suppose I could sell the other 46 on eBay, but, you know, I feel a bit weird doing that because it's a present. And I'm not going to lie, that's, that song doesn't take off quite well. Uh, all right, I've lost track of what we're doing again. Halloween! We're doing a show on video games and Halloween. Video games, Halloween, scary stuff, okay. Ooh. It is, in fact, our survival horrorween. Halloween. 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 Horror. <laughs> Now, this is a genre I know nothing about and care nothing about, so over to you guys. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, shit, we're left all alone. I'm abandoning you to survive on your own, if you can. Oh. Well, shit. With few Peter. resources and oh. no support. I'm going to tie chainsaws to an oar uh, and <laughs> let loose in a mall. That's not a horror game. That's just silly. To be fair, I've been looking up lists and lists of horror games just to see what I can talk about today, and there are some really, really liberal uh, uses of the word horror bandied around with certain games as, like, genres. Yeah. <laughs> like, like your Facebook post. Well, yeah, I did, one of the ones I did see was Bible Black, which is, um, yes, never mind. <laughs> so It's a kind of horrific. Yes. It, it's, a, it's, it's horrific in that sense of going... When when you know that there when there are too many penises, <laughs> when there are more penises, yeah. you are expecting that that is the kind of horror that it is. That is exactly the kind of horror that it is. Penises everywhere. When someone tells you guess how many penises you're about to see, and and you guess far too few, it's that kind of horror. Yeah. So we we've got we've got Simon's uh, point of view on on horror. What about you two? I I personally really like survival horror games. I'm terrible at them, but I really like them. I've only played a few. This is uh, this is going to be a good episode, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, right, well, well, I've well, only been in games since 2004, really. So your entire life, most of my life, yeah. But that means I've, I've missed out on all of the Silent Hills, most of the Resident Evils, and thinking that's all I know off the top of my head. You've actually missed the golden age. I missed the best bit. I know of it, and I really would like I mean, to back and play. Certainly but, of, of survival horror, the things like the PlayStation games, the Silent Hills, the Resident Evils, and so on. But now I think we're at a we're at a, I'll, I'll get to it sort of later on the sort of eras of horror games and so on. But we are definitely in a very 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 fun era of horror games right now, uh, which it's is the era action. of the indie horror game. That is true. Yeah, Slender, so Amnesia. There are so many out there that are just so like even fan made games. Uh, if you if you're into if like me, you're into watching um, let's plays and things like that of, of uh, horror games. For example, you know name drop there, Markiplier. Um, you'll see that basically about 90% of most of those videos are fan-made games in, like, um, you know, FPS Creator or the Unity Engine, stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, Horror and I kind of parted company in the video game world around about the time of the original Alone in the Dark. Oh, oh wow, the old... uh you, Tim. See, every time I try to think of the original Alone in the Dark, I keep going back to the... the, the, the um, PlayStation 1. That was when I was born. <laughs> uh, I believe I played it on an Amiga. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I think we, we may have found a game that predates Mike. <laughs> That's not so hard. No, I was one, I, it was released in 92. 
I'm seeing it here written in front of me. Okay, it was released in 92, Mike was released in 91. They're <laughs> 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 coming to a console near you. And when was he recaptured? Yeah, unfortunately, Mike, Michael's not backwards compatible. <laughs> I made a sort of new joke. <laughs> the hell? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Sorry. God. Uh... I gotta admit, I don't entirely know where to start with this. Just to say, like, you know, with, with a with a with a quite wide ranging thing of just saying, let's talk about horror games, which is a shame because they are horror is by far and away my absolute favourite genre. So it's probably to say, Irish, what's your favourite horror game? Hmm, this is tricky because you know I've played a lot of various games over the years. Hmm. And I don't know, because I mean, I really like the the Facial Frame series. Yep, something I really wish I'd, I would have ever had the chance to uh, to play. They they are they are they are quite fear inducing, even when you don't you know, even when you know what's going to happen, it still makes you go, "Oh, jeez, God, <laughs> please no." And you got um, the Clock Tower series as well. <laughs> The old uh, sort of point and click adventure game. Yeah, because he's trying to do to get away from everything. It's like <laughs> I can't move quick enough. Yeah, it was. I, I played a little bit of Clock Tower. I absolutely love Clock Tower. Um, absolutely love it. But the fact that it's got a you're sort of walking around and you've got your little cursor for scanning over things and pointing and clicking makes things really fucking horrible when you're sort of walking down and suddenly you hear a snip snip and a monster comes running at you with a big ass pair of scissors. And you're like, oh shit, inspect Fars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good mm. Wait, let's talk about it's probably a better way to do it, and it's come up in the in the uh, in the chat box there. What makes a good horror game? Now this is something that I suppose Simon, even if uh, as not a fan, you will probably have some good insights into this. I mean you've seen horror films as well. Yeah, I don't like those either. Uh, that, but, but, <sighs> Fine. Right. What makes a good horror game? Um yeah, and this Atmos- is atmosphere. Again, this is also quite personal because different people are scared by different things. Some people are scared by atmosphere and whatnot. So other people are scared by more like by jump scares and so on. So it all comes down to what you guys think would make good horror. Mine's all atmosphere. I horror. I don't like horror films really well because most of it's all about. Most of the ones I've seen, anyway, are all about the effects and just all the blood and stuff. And that seems to be what a lot of the games are. It's all blood and jump scares, and it just that doesn't appeal to me. Well, there are different kinds. I mean, I say I'm not a fan of horror, yeah. but I think what's telling is the exceptions. Because mm. I'm a huge fan of um, Alien. And I would call that a horror film. Oh, absolutely. It's a haunted house movie. It's a haunted house movie in space, yes. And the key there is suspense. It is um, a masterpiece of tension without relying on jump scares, without relying on effects, because in fact the suit they had for the alien was so bad they wanted to actively hide it as much as possible. Um, I still feel really bad with Alien, because every time... The first reveal of the alien, where it's... um, Sort of stalking Dallas in the in the the tubes, and that person you see it, and it it's got its arms spread wide, and it just looks like it's going hello. <laughs> and I feel really bad, for, like almost chuckling every time I see it. I'm like, God damn, I love this film; it's so good. But that one shot always just gets me. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm also a big fan of Carrie. 
Oh, never, okay. never seen Carrie. Carrie and The Shining, and I don't know. This might be a Stephen King trope in general. I've not seen much beyond those, or at least I don't remember them. What I find interesting about both of those films is the the sort of the the character with the supernatural power in both cases. Yeah, is actually in a way the hero. They are the victim of a personal horror, and they use their ability to save themselves. Which is an interesting... To me, that feels like a different take on the genre. Yeah. You know, the supernatural creature in Carrie is Carrie. And, spoiler warning, um, <laughs> most of what she does is revenge. And, well, justified revenge. Although, revenge. With, with The Shining, it's worth pointing out that The Shining film is... It's way more a Kubrick film than it is a, a Stephen King adaptation. Yes, and one well, of the reasons yeah. I like it might be that I'm a Kubrick fan, yeah. not a King fan. Hmm. Uh, and in video games, there are a couple of exceptions. Again, I really like System Shock 2. And I can't fool myself into saying that's not a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Alien. Yeah, it's a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi. No, it's horror. Um, it absolutely is. And even kind of jump scare horror as well. Uh, but it's the atmosphere that draws me in. It's compelling tension. Yeah. So it's, it's the build-up. It's the lead-in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of slashes. I'm not a big fan of jump scares. I'm not a big fan of gore horror. But Well, that's because we've been on the internet, so that doesn't affect it. <laughs> oh, it does affect me. That's why I don't like it. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it just doesn't affect me anymore. But someone who can do tension without, you know, waving buggy boos at me and trying to make me jump, which I see as cheap. It works, but it's cheap. If you scare me with a jump scare, I'm like, yeah, of course you did. It's a knee-jerk reaction. I'm not impressed and I'm not entertained. Yeah. What you've, what you've proven there is that you know how to make a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, not, yeah. But if you can keep me on the edge of my seat, compelled to know what happens with this suspenseful film, the th uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, God, yeah. We rewatched it recently. And as a game as well, the thing. Oh, I, yeah. See, I never got really far into it because not because it was too scary, but because it was too friggin' hard. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. But again, it's it's atmosphere. It's that it's maintaining the tension and the interest. The game was a prequel, isn't it? Uh, is, is the game where you're playing as the Norwegian? Yes. Um, you're investigating Norwegian camp. Yeah, I, I think believe. it's like a, re a retelling. Yeah. It's, it's, as in, it's the same plot with different characters. Exactly. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It is a sequel, yeah. You go back and investigate what happened. Oh, I see. So, yeah, atmosphere being a really big thing. I mean, do you reckon it can go sort of too far down the line into, um, like, you can basically just get to the point of, like, okay, here's all this atmosphere for this game, and some people would be like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit too scared to go on ahead. For example, <laughs> I chatting earlier, Silent Hill 2. Hmm. There's that the opening Silent Hill 2 is you're standing by your car, it's foggy as dicks around you, and uh, you've got to go on down a country road with the camera facing towards you. So you can't see what's ahead. You just see a lot of fog behind you, a dirt path, a bit of greenery here and there, and you're just walking along with this sort of odd noise playing in the background. Mostly sort of white noise, but you do hear the occasional crunching and so on. And there's just that point where you're walking down the road for a long time and you don't see what's up ahead, but you just hear these <laughs> occasionally. And, you know, the first time I played that, it was the middle of the night. And I was like, eh, maybe I should wait a little bit before playing this. 
like a couple of years or something. <laughs> See, I, I did try and play one of the Silent Hill games. It may I have been that Silent one. Hill too. Yes, and I think it did atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. it was what it didn't do was it didn't compel me. Yeah, Alien, the thing um, wanted to know what was System Shock. Yeah, they established something that catches my interest before the build up really starts. Yeah, you know, you might say the start of Alien is actually really quite dull it's work work a day guys working on a space oil rig yeah doing their space oil rig thing it's space mechanics yeah um it's like what is in space exactly and but then they encounter something unusual and the tension build-up comes along with a drip feed of information that you know keeps me interested when it's pure scary atmosphere like silent hill 2 then It's like, yeah, it's really scary to walk down this path. Why do I want to do that? Why wouldn't I just leave or turn the game off? <laughs> it, um, there's a big point that comes along with, with a lot of characters in Silent Hill, later, especially in the later games, where they started to not really think about it too much, is just leave. Um, you do... I mean, there is a reason for... Um, it, with Silent Hill too. there is a reason for James, the main character, to be there. But that doesn't properly get established, like quite coherently, for a very, very long time. So it's. I thought the the town prevents you from leaving. There is, but with with um, Silent Hill Two, you're not in the town to start off with. That's true. And you're the PlayStation with... doesn't prevent you from turning it off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but once you're in, it, it physic- once you're into Silent Hill, the city itself physically prevents your character from leaving by sort of blocking off certain routes and so on. Um, but there is that point where you have to sort of go through it and you can back out when you're just like, when you realize, James, why are you here? Oh, I got a message from my wife. Yeah, didn't your wife die a couple of years ago? Do you, do you think yeah. maybe there's, there's no point in going there because you know she's dead? And this isn't a spoiler. This is like, you know, this is the beginning of the game. It's the set of it. I got a message from my wife, but, you know, she dead. So it starts off being, I need to try and find out what's going on here. And then you'd think the moment you'd see, like, you know, the first inside-out weird mummified nurse monster, you'd be like, probably a crank letter, I'll go home. <laughs> <laughs> but that would make for a fairly boring game. And I, I, I'm saying these terrible things, but I, the Silent Hill 2 is unequivocally my favourite horror game. In fact, probably my favourite game of all time. Um, because everything I look for in a horror game, it, it turns up there. It's, it's got the atmosphere, it's got the sort of the, the music, oh, good lord, I, will, I want to do a whole section on music later on. Um, specifically, like, music in horror games. Uh, but the music's done fantastically. Um, the plot is you're sort of slowly starting to unravel everything that's going on there. Like, the, uh, like this idea that comes in with a lot of games. I mean, I know Amnesia is sort of a um, an overused plot arc. But the idea of a character who isn't an amnesiac, but is willfully, selectively remembering certain things. So and their uh, memories. yeah. So it's not like, oh, I don't remember what happened. It's, I do remember what happened, but I'm going to lie to myself and, by extension, to the audience mm. and present you with a fact that slowly gets warped and you start to realize, okay, maybe not everything is as it seems. So that sense of dislocation, like you're not entirely sure what's going on, uneasiness, that's quite a big thing in video games. Mm. Um, yeah, but it has to be, for me, uneasiness with a compelling reason to endure the unease. Otherwise, yeah. I just won't. And that's my problem with a lot of horrors. I don't necessarily like the unease. I like the mystery. And if I'm not compelled enough by your mystery, I will not endure your unease. Yeah. 
I think it's possibly a thing with, with Japanese horror in particular, because I did uh, recently rewatch uh, Ring as well, is that it's very, very slow and very methodical in the way that the horror um, builds up. And it does, it, it delights in basically going, here's a thing that's happening. We're not going to tell you why. We're not going to tell you where this is going. It's uncomfortable. Mm. And it seems to be sort of with, with Grudge, with Ring, uh, with Dark Water, uh, definitely with, with Audition, although to the degree that you could call that a horror film in more than just say a dark ass film. Um, so it, it's potentially a, a very Japanese horror trope, which, you know, this being survival horror, a lot of the games are going to have to probably have that. Um, so there is, um, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of music, in terms of unease, but as, as you said, Simon, that, that, uh, can be sort of detrimental to certain, to certain players. Everyone has different things that they look for. I think for, in terms of sound, the best game, the best horror game I've played in a long time has got to be Slender. Oh. What, due to the lack, the lack of sound? Just the complete, the nothingness and just the, I probably listened, the last time I played, I just listened. And just the background, there's, there's so much noise in the back. There is noise there. Yeah. There's, it's nothing, but it builds on itself. As you progress, it slowly builds. And then when, when you start off, it is literally off. just, you know, you've got breath, you've got crunching leaves. That's it. And then there's the drums and the heartbeat in the background. Of yeah. It. As the game goes on, the sound it's builds. Yeah. scary game. I've, I've walked around in that game for about half an hour not seen anything not seen a hint of slender but I've been so terrified <laughs> of just being in a place Fletch made I, me play that without letting me know what was going to happen I, just, <laughs> I remember that that was bloody brilliant there are so many the there are so me. many horror games that I have played because literally our friend Fletch just went you sent me a link in, in uh, Steam and just went play this and was it, what is it he went don't don't look it up just play it yep I went, and like a fucking genius, I went, yeah, all right. Yeah, Fletch is full of great ideas. <laughs> At two o'clock in the morning, when you're alone in the flat, all the lights are off. <laughs> nah. It introduced to me, but via that SCP franchise. SCP, yeah. Another example of the sort of indie-made um, horror games sort of being developed and, and released for free on the web. I mean, it's one of the factors that I always like look into when it comes to horror games is the creatures. What you know, what is it that you'll be facing? Yeah. So when it came to when Flex introduced with the SCP stuff, I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah. Um, yeah. For those that haven't played it, specifically uh, SCP uh, containment. Zero rates. No. The zero rates SCP, which is the 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 core, is that the 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 stairwell. Stairwell. Yeah, that's see, that's messed up. But see, I remember with, in terms of weird creatures, SCP Containment Breach. Um, yeah, now, which, the Containment Breach is hard to play. Like, I've it, not got out of the starting area, so because it does scare me. The like, what really excites me about the game is the fact that they introduced uh, the concept of a blink bar, like down in the corner of the screen. You've got your health and so on. You've got that, but you've also got a little picture of your eye and a bar going up. And when that bar is filled, like if you press right click at any time, your character blinks and the bar resets. It is essentially your eye dryness. If the bar reaches the end and you haven't blinked, you automatically blink. And this is quite an important thing because there is a creature in the SCP containment breach game which only moves when you're not looking at it. So if anyone's familiar with the episode of Doctor Who Blink, same rules apply. Fucking <laughs> 
Okay, I'll give them that. That's a very clever mechanic to put into a game. Isn't it just... It's really cool. There are also other ones. It is the big one that instant insta-kills you when it touches you, uh, that moves when you're not looking at it. That's the thing, though. If it gets you from behind, you end up looking at it because basically it just breaks your neck. Yeah. And it's just... It's those moments where you open a door and it's there, standing on the other side of the door, just just staring down at you and you just... You're just staring at it, and you don't move. You just sidestep, keeping your eyes on it at all times, and just furiously hit the close button on the door and back the fuck up. So, yeah. That's brilliant, Ken. Um, but, yeah. SCP. Difficult as balls, but some really good uh, mechanics and some really good monsters in there. Um, going back as well to, to, like, what makes a good game, going into the Silent Hill thing, is that, you know, Characters and whatnot, especially in, in games where survival is a key aspect, um, you got to learn to like your characters. Because mm. if your characters are like unlikable dickheads, you're not going to care one way or the other if they die or not. Mm. Um, it, you know, anywhere, going back into things like Alien, you you root for Ripley. You want her to win. Is that that's 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 a sufficient argument to make, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So in your head, character. <laughs> when you want a character to to survive, when you want them to win. And to that regard, I would like to point out The Walking Dead, the Telltale Games. Um, oh, God. Because I know this isn't saying much because of the we've already had the thing about the wedding being mentioned, but I wept. I wept like a child at the ending of that game. You would. I Absolutely, I would. I know that. But, oh, God, so the characters in that are so likable. You, you root for them the whole goddamn way through. Spoilers. I've not finished it. It's, it's not spoilers to say not everyone in that game, <laughs> not everyone you meet in that game is destined to have a happy, full life. Yes, they are. Everyone will be fine. Have you, have you read The Walking Dead? Had have you seen the TV series? Seen nope. a few episodes. Not everyone in the world survives. <laughs> no. As is, as is no. evidenced by the fact that there are zombies. <laughs> Oh. But that's one of the few things I like about The Walking Dead is that the reason why they're not called zombies. Why are they not called zombies? Um, it's actually set in the universe where uh, Dawn of the Dead and all that never happened. Night of the Living Dead never existed. So, the, Wait, so accurately, zombie never became a catch-all term for all undead revenants. Yeah. Yep. Oh, what? They don't call that? I kind of I respect them for that. Yeah, that's why they call, yeah, that's why they call them walkers. I give them a lot of respect for that because that's one of the things. There are many things I don't like about the zombie genre, but one of the things I don't like about it is they're not bloody zombies. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call them walkers because <clears throat> in in the universe that is set, there never uh, you know there was no the quote unquote zomb- zombie movies. Never yeah, there was no zombie film. No, so they didn't have a word for what they were. So they were just... the zombie still is the sort of the voodoo the voodoo term. Mm. Or the core term. Yeah. I'm almost tempted to give them a try just for their accuracy. For the love of God, play the Telltale games. I uh, want to support pedantry. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you support pedantry? I'm shocked. <laughs> give, give the Telltale games um, uh, Walking Dead game a go because it is phenomenal. Phenomenal storytelling. I have said one. many good one. things about them, um, but no one has, has <clears> so far told me that they pedantically name their enemies correctly uh, that might be <laughs> the tipping point that's been that way since the uh, the comics as well yeah also yeah. I, it's, it's worth pointing out as well in terms of like trying to sell that game the one of the major things in that game is you have to look after a child 
you are, you know, part of the thing is you're trying to survive and all this stuff, and your character is looking after a child. Now, bearing in mind this is me saying this, that kid is one of the best characters in anything ever. She is absolutely fucking astoundingly great. That is a bold statement coming from you. I am the man who hates all children, past, present, and future. True, he is. And, yeah. You're weird. That is true, I am very weird. I don't think it's tipsy. So yeah, Walking Dead, give that one a go. Again, it, it's got, it, it's horror, it's action, it's uh, survival. Survival in the in the sort of realms of trying to keep a band of survivors going in terms of food rationing and who gets put on guard duty and, you know, whether you go and trust people X, Y, and Z, etc. Yeah, there we go. Mark, Mark in the chat, yeah. like, I, I care more about Clementine than I do most people. Yeah. Which is not to say that there are not characters in that in that game that you want to see get killed. But then oh, you no, get no. to see them killed, I presume. Well, the thing is, I, I'm not going to say who it is, but there, but people who've played the game will probably be able to guess. There is a character I totally, absolutely wanted to get killed. I absolutely fucking hated them. And then at some point, I had this this point where I had to choose whether to either try and save him or kill him. And... For love of God, I could not. I could not kill him. There is. I. I was. I literally had that moral dilemma thing of, oh shit, what do I do? What do I do? What do I will say. I try and save this man, and it didn't work. He died, and I felt like shit. I had yeah. been. I had been rooting for the zombies to do this fucker in for a very, very long time, and then it, and then he died. I was like, oh shit. What are oh. you doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna miss him, but yeah. Feels bad, man. Yeah, it feels very bad. So it, it's a game that loves to fuck with your emotions and loves to fuck with your sort of... It, because it is a... It's a... Not even a moral choice. It's just a there is no right, there is no wrong answer choice system. And it's a point-and-click adventure game. Mm. Except, you know, occasionally it's use screwdriver on zombie. Their new game looks interesting as well. Uh, the the one set... The, the Fable one. Yeah, the uh, a Wolf Among Us, or it's called. Yeah, with Big B Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, likable characters, uh, unease, atmosphere, sound effects, music, interesting creatures. I mean, so that actually with the interesting creatures one, uh, it'd be very, very difficult for us to, like, not talk about it, but Amnesia, Dark Descent. Yeah. And Amnesia uh, Machine Fix. Mm -hmm. My problem with Amnesia is that at the moment, when I load my save, I am in a corridor. Right. I can't remember how I got there. Right. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> All of the doors in this corridor are locked and nothing I can do opens them. So might I just point out then, Mike, that perhaps you're playing Amnesia right. You're in a situation. You don't know how you you don't remember how you got there. You don't remember what you were supposed to be doing. It's like you have, I don't know, amnesia. I know. But when I sat for half an hour clicking on everything that could be clicked in this goddamn hallway... Stanley clicked on every little thing available to him. But it did no good. Quick, quick, now click on the copier! Anyway, um... All this this reminds me of, because I've been listening to some of the old shows, is you in the Fallout, in Fallout, Simon, (laughs) of this computer is broken, the chair is broken. (laughs) Trying to find that fucking wall locker. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, but with with the creatures in in Amnesia, oh, they're terrifying. It, well, this is the thing is, it's a really, really, really interesting thing, which has been somewhat 
overlooked by uh, a lot of people that make uh, fan-made maps and fan-made uh, uh, campaigns for Amnesia, and also is very much overlooked by Amnesia Machine for Pigs, which uh-huh. is the sanity meter. Mm. And I will go into length about sanity meters in a bit, because it goes uh, towards explaining my second favorite horror game of all time. Anyway, Cthulhu um, Dark Corners of the Earth is your uh, second favorite horror game of all time. <laughs> yes. How did you guess? <laughs> but um, uh, you know, it might have been. It might have been. Um, what's it called? Eternal Requiem. Anyway, Eternal oh, Requiem. Um, the the creatures in 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 uh, Amnesia drain your sanity when you look at them. So it trains you in that game that the moment you see a monster. You look away and you fucking leg it and you hide. And the more your sanity decreases, the more likely you are to be found because you start gibbering and whatnot. So if a monster comes into the room and you're hiding, you hide behind some boxes and you face the wall and you basically just curl up in a ball and just go, please don't find me, please don't find me, please don't find me. That's fucking terrifying. And it works really well because it means you don't look at the monsters. Hmm. What happens in a lot of the fan-made campaigns and whatnot is it essentially forces you to look at the monsters. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at the monsters in Amnesia, but they look goofy as dicks. <laughs> they, just, they look really, really stupid and really, really unthreatening. If you, if you just sort of ignore the big sword or knife or whatever they, they may have, or the, the claws, they just look really stupid. Like, one, it has no lower jaw and it's got giant, big googly eyes. It's not that scary. Googly boogly. Yeah, or, or it's like, you know, it's a tall guy with a big metal collar on and some nails in his head. It's it's not that scary. But the fact that you've got the sanity system telling you not to look at them and the fact that when you're hiding, you are specifically told, do not look at them, it makes them so much creepier because all you see is them for like a split second and then, you know, oh shit, run and hide. Um, and Amnesia, a machine for pigs, gets rid of the uh, the sanity system, which means there is no penalty to looking at the monsters the monsters in Amnesia Machine Pigs being, spoiler, pigs, they don't look all that threatening. They look, slight, I'd say, slightly more threatening than the monsters in Amnesia 1. But, yeah. So, monster design is great, but try and figure out ways to make your players not have to observe the monster. Take the alien approach. Less is more. Yep, I agree with that. Because it doesn't matter. You could make the most terrifying-looking thing in the world, but if someone looks at it for you know more than a couple of seconds, it's gonna lose a shitload of impact. It was like one uh, one of my favorite scenes from Dead Space, from the first one. Mm. It's fairly near the, you know, the beginning of the game, and you walk, you're walking through one of the the compartments, and you see this necromorph. You see one of the creatures, but it doesn't come facing you. It goes away from you and down a corridor. You chase, for some reason, you just like, you chase after it because you're heading that direction anyway. It's like, right, it's high around the corner. I can get, you know, it'll try and jump out at me. I'll get it then. And you go around the corner. All you see, all you see that's left is a bit of it going into an air vent and disappearing. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. It's a bit like uh, the opening, the opening mission for the Marines on uh, Alien vs. Predator 2. Mm. Where you're just you're walking around and that first mission, I don't think there is anything until right at the end where there's like one xenomorph. But you're wandering around and you just see there's like people, you know, empty desks where there should be a whole bunch of scientists. And then you just see you if you turn a corner quick enough, you will just see two uh, just a pair of boots disappearing up into a into a vent. 
Mm. And then occasionally you'll see like a little flicker of movement, but you're not quite seeing anything. And then you'll just, you'll hear the predator laugh. You'll just off in the distance. You'll see this. That's my next game to play because I picked up the complete collection of it in the. Sub- oh my god! Have you sub- never played any of the Predator Two? No. Right, going back to that that thing earlier of like playing from the the mindset of the the monster. Alien vs Predator Two has some of the, one of the best missions ever, which is playing a face hugger and finding a victim. Yes, yes, that is amazing. That is awesome. yeah. Mission two, you're in their chest. <laughs> bite. And you've chest burst. It is like the best fucking thing ever. Cool. Yeah, playing as the Xenomorph is, is Xenomorph and Predator are like the two greatest things in that game. And even playing as the Marine, which is the sort of the horror part of the game, is great. Because, you know, motion tracker. Yes. Motion tracker in a room full of chains moving in the breeze. Oh, I hate that bit. So you're, you, you go... So very you just, much. You're like, on the other side of this door, there's like a whole bunch of things moving. It's like going... You open the door, and there's a whole bunch of chains just slightly swaying, and the the, the machine's just going crazy, like, oh, shit. Although, when you go to an elevator, and it starts rumbling, and again, the machine just starts wigging out, because it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, everything around you's moving. Although, speaking of Aliens games, it's one of the best examples of how to blow the suspense ever is Colonial Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Go Colonial Marines! Because it goes back to what you were saying about don't look at the monster. Yeah. Because if you don't look at it, you've still got it in your imagination, and your imagination is much, much scarier. It's much scarier than a xenomorph dropping down from the ceiling and doing a tap dance towards you. Well, Colonial Marines, oh, it's... I recently bought it because it was on sale for, like, 90% off, and I was like, even if I just play it once and laugh at it, that's I've made the money back. Yeah. And it's just actually... It's crushingly disappointing because it starts very strong. Yeah. Believe it or not. Um, the sort of opening video, um, the, the sort of the video message from the Sulaco, your Marines all waking up in their cryo tubes, your sergeant waking you up and giving you a briefing on a flight deck with, and it was a brilliant touch. And it came at me out of nowhere, but it makes so much sense. A bishop synthetic yeah. that looks like a young Lance Henriksen because it's a video game. He can look like whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and it looks like Aliens era Lance Henriksen and the loaders carrying missiles and putting them on the drop ships and everything is so aliens. The atmosphere is so right. And then you board the Sulaco and it's abandoned and there's a motion tracker and you need to use your torch and it's the suspense is right there. And you find a part of the ship that's starting to turn into hive. You know, they've got that organic surface over everything. And indeed, there's some Marines sort of glued into the wall doing the whole kill me, cut me down bit. Yeah. And as you're trying to cut one down, you are jumped by a Xenomorph, and it's quite a tense moment. But as soon as the quick time event ends and the alien is dropped into AI, it just sort of fell on the floor, facing away from me, and sat there. Oh. <laughs> and it was yeah. the worst sort of collapse of suspense I've ever had because I was my heart was pounding. I hate the motion tracker. It's one of the worst things in the world for me. I yeah. the, the sound rifle. the sound of the sound of the pulse rifle goes right through me. Yeah. And there is an alien creeping around and I love the Aliens franchise. I was heart pounding but thinking this is really good. They've set the tone perfectly and then it just sat there. Arse at me. 
and just sort of looking at the wall blankly and I was like really what was what was more disappointing for you was it was it the failing AI or was it the fact that most of the missions are human versus human combat um, to be honest, I didn't get much further than that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, because my time was limited, and I was like, "This is really depressing." It's one of the biggest gripes I've seen that I didn't know until I like saw some reviews of it and thought that is absolutely reprehensible. Is that most of the missions are you fighting Wayland Yutani Mercs? That's yeah. awful. So it's human versus human, chest high wall, fucking modern warfare shooter game. That's the exact opposite of what an aliens game should be. Yep. That's awful. But, but you do get to use the smart gun for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's... Yeah, I think yeah. I've had all the fun out of that I'm going to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there are those moments where tenseness can get suddenly ruined by looking at the monster if you can't do the monster right. And that um, can be AI as much as anything else. So you either do that by making, you, making the player have to kill the monster quickly because it will fucking murder them otherwise, or... Yeah. You make it so you, you you put some mechanics in there that make the player have to try and escape. I mean, I have always been more of a fan of horror games where you, if you get into an open fight, you're fucked. You don't have yeah. the option of fighting back. You need to play The Last of Us. I absolutely do. Um, I really well, do. The Last of Us is. I think The Last of Us is like the perfect thing for me because it's not you have no chance of fighting back. It's just you really, really shouldn't. You really, you can if you want to, and you feel that you've got no choice. You can fight back. And that's, to me, that's better than a so game where you never have a choice. Yeah. Because if you never have a choice, you don't need to make one. Yeah. But if you can, but you, re- the bullets are so scarce, the resources are so scarce, and the risk is so high, you've got to really, really think you've got no other option before you pull that trigger, before you throw that rock. Yeah, there's a damn good way of doing things. I mean, the other one I was thinking of was, um, oh, was it Outlast? No, uh... One, hang on, let me just double check. I think it might have been Outlast. Which is the one which literally has, you have no weapon, you have a, a camera. Yeah. That's it. I think you've mentioned that to me before. Yeah. So you, like, if you get into an open fight, you're screwed. You run, you hide, but the thing is that most of the guys in it are not capable of sort of squeezing through the gaps that you are. They're much bigger and bulkier than you. So it is that sort of really, really tense point where you're like, oh shit, run, 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 and there's just a wall with a gap in it. And you turn to your side and you start shuffling through and you just look to your side and they are closing in inches away from you just as you slip out the other side. Mm. So that, that, you know, mechanics wise, making people not have to face the monster to keep them afraid of it, that can work. Or, you know, making the choice to face the monster being very, very, very difficult. Um, this, again, it's another reason I want to play the Fatal Frame games is that, you know, you, it's again another game where you have a camera, but the camera is the weapon. I mean, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Sanity. Sanity uh, as a system. Uh, I've always, I was always quite a fan of it until um, Yahtzee, the, the video game reviewer, pointed out something that I hadn't really thought about with, with Sanity systems, which is that a game can be seen as quite clumsy if it's essentially telling, if it's telling you how to feel. Yes. If it's saying, you should be scared now. So to that degree, I can see why a lot of people might get annoyed by sanity systems, especially, for example, the ones in Amnesia. Because it's like, okay, you're scared now because your character is, like, his teeth are chattering and he's shivering a bit. But is that any different to an RPG basing whether you hit when you fire a gun on your skills rather than your ability to aim? Yeah, but see, the thing is, the difference between, like, like, skills and feelings, it's turning it into a mechanic. And it's essentially, you know... It's, it's, it's telling you how to feel, not whether you, you fail or succeed at things. Mm. 
And Although I just... it makes sense in some games. For example, going back to The Thing, yeah. one of the things I loved about that was your NPC colleagues had a oh, sanity the trust, meter. The trust system. Yes, trust and sanity. Where yeah. as things went on around them, if you've never seen The Thing, then suffice it to say that one of the main properties of The Thing is it can be anyone. And as it can be anyone, you can't trust anyone. So you have to constantly reassure them, uh, which can involve giving them ammo. If you've got some to spare, pro tip, you never have any to spare. <laughs> so if you refuse to give it to them for very valid reasons, well, why are you not helping me? That's not trustworthy. So you have to manage their trust versus your resources throughout the game. And if they stop trusting you, they might, depending on their sanity, go and run away and sit in a corner and gibber. Or they might decide that they don't trust you because you're probably the alien and start shooting you. Yep. And another, another sanity system actually just got brought up again. Um, Eternal Darkness had an absolutely hilarious fucking sanity system. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. In that it was, uh, a, a, well, not a bar, but like it was an actual quantifiable amount. You had your health, you had your sanity. Mm. If you said, if I remember it correctly, it has been like, oh, shit, it's been over a decade since I've played that game, but, once you ran out of sanity, your character just, I think, just ran off into a room and fucking exploded. Uh, I think, if I'm remembering it correctly again. But, uh. Because that's what all crazy people do. <laughs> and then it, it sort of zoned back in, and you were there, and you were fine. Like, breathing heavily a little bit, perhaps, but you're fine. Your health is as it was, but your sanity's still at zero. And from then on in, the game would get a bit funny. Like, you know, the usual things you might expect, like you'd hear voices or, you know, paintings would start watching you, like their eyes would actually literally follow you. All the way up to enemies would charge down the uh, the corridor at you, so you'd fucking unload your clip into them, and then they'd just disappear when they reached you. Or you'd go to, like, save a game, and, you know, where your list of save games would be, there'd be nothing there. So it would just start messing with you and, like, saying, oh, no, no, you never saved anything. The blue screen. Yeah. It would literally start to fuck with the player, just as it was the, the, the character was fucked up. Which is an interesting sort of, it's like a more of a show don't tell thing. It's not saying yeah. you're crazy. It's like going, this is what it's essentially like. Whether you, you know, you draw your own conclusions from here. We're not saying be afraid. We're saying try and tell what's real and what isn't. See, video games have an opportunity to do really interesting things with um, player awareness and sanity. Um, I think horror games that want to play with sanity could, the developers could do worse than play the Stanley Parable. I've heard about this. I've not actually played it, though. Right. I don't want to say too much, then, um, except that to say, in the Stanley Parable, you will find yourself going through the same rooms a lot. Um, and they're the same every time. Just trust me. They're the same. Uh, really, play the Stanley Parable. I think we need to do an episode on that. Um, the, only, the only review I've heard of it is Troy of World on Stage Room fame said, don't play it. Uh, I have seen many, many reviews, and one of them said don't play it, and that was Troy's. Uh, and a lot of people seem to think it is... It, it's not a game. Don't don't play it expecting to have uh, game mechanics assist you in overcoming a puzzle or a traditional game challenge. It is... Uh, it's really... I don't want to say much. I really don't, but I want to say enough to intrigue people. It's really meh. It's... Not it is game. words. It is about games. And the nature of gaming. And the nature of gaming and the opportunities afforded you as a game developer that you don't have in other media. It's 
it's a it's a critique on games as a genre and as a medium, and it's very very interesting. I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and by enjoyed, I mean I questioned my own sanity. Uh, I felt uncomfortable making choices that I knew had no consequence, and did come away thinking very very hard about games and storytelling in games, and. I'm not the only one who reacted in this way. Um, there was a review for Indie Haven, uh, and it was a stream. It was, a, you know, like a Let's Play. Yeah. And there were some amazing quotes that came out of that. I wish I could remember more of them, but uh, the one that keeps coming back to me is, is the number three even real? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I highly recommend it. Um, give it and more than an hour. All of that, and it's now available on Steam for 20% off. It is. Uh, give it more than an hour. It's... It can be a slow burn, depending on the choices you make. But do stick around and see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Like standing in a broom cupboard for a long time. You can do that, yeah. You can. <laughs> you can go in and out of the broom cupboard multiple times, but, it, well, until you can't. Yeah. I think you, you, Jack, I especially want to hear your comment on it. You will either adore it or revile it. Oh, Interesting. Um, and I think we all should, because I want to talk about it on an episode where we go, spoilers, from the very start, and sit yeah. there, what the fuck? Because uh, it's brilliant, and I want to have a long conversation with people about it. Oh, yeah. I'll have to give it a go, then. I mean, along with another bunch of games that have been released on Steam recently, which I totally need to get, including I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, uh, the entirety of the uh, Legacy of Kane uh, games, Death Trap Dungeon, and Daikatana. Oh yeah, Daikatana came out on uh, yeah. I, I That escaped me. Yeah, Daikatana's on And so is Death Trap Dungeon, Why? which I'm really happy about. Why is Daikatana on Steam? <laughs> <laughs> a guy who bought Colonial Marines. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The path. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very not mentioning the path because I don't want to piss everyone off. I know that's kind you're of my whole thing. Mentioned it. Now you're not. Right. No, no, I will mention it again because I still want to do my whole bit on like favorite musicians and whatnot in music, which again is going to lead me onto a game which I haven't played, which I really want to, and I think Simon might possibly have. Or um, anyway, we're going to start. What I was going to say is Call of Cthulhu. Uh, Dark. Has anyone else played it? I have. What did you think, Simon? I thought the. Because talk about a slow burn with a lot of waiting for the... Uh... Yeah. Now, I have to say, I know a fair bit of Cthulhu Mythos already, yeah. so it has the advantage that I already know what the hook is. Because um, it, it wasn't brilliant, I don't think, at that whole compelling you to continue straight away. Yeah. Um, I did think it had some incredibly interesting mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the lack no of heart. Yeah. Yep. Having to remember how many bullets you fired and in all See, that was terrifying in its own way. Away. I don't know if I fired five bullets or only six. Um, yeah, that was its own kind of horror. I thought, as a video game representation of the Cthulhu mythos for its age, it did a surprisingly good job. Yep. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do to represent, you know, things man was not meant to know. And let's face it, the, on es an Xbox. the escape. Yes. The hotel chase. Was brilliantly done. It was... Terrifying. You know, it, it really... It draws comparisons with the start of Half-Life 2. Because, again, another rooftop chase yeah. where running is your only option. Um, and I think they were both brilliantly done. Yeah. 
like to say that Half Life does have its own horror moments, doesn't it? But yeah, I did just want to brush up on the um, Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth because man, that game was terrifying. It did the whole 1920s mad scientists occult laboratory thing really well. Yeah, and also like uh, what's it called? Playing a character who was potentially like telepathic. Yep, he's either telepathic or mental. So, like, uh, if you read it, that he is oh, able, Lovecraft. That he is able to read the surface thoughts of someone, or there thinks that, he can, or thinks. Yeah, there is that point where, like, the the porter at the hotel takes you to your room, bids you good night, and then sinks an axe into your fucking skull before you sort of white out, and then you're standing there shaking his hand, and he's smiling at you, going, "Hey, you okay? You look like you've seen a ghost." And you're like, no, I'm fine. You go into your room, you bolt the door, you put the fucking wardrobe up against the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I oh, Shadows over Innsmouth, the the sort of the, the escape from Innsmouth, really, really well done. Dark, Dark Corners of the Earth, absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't remember much about the music from Dark Corners of the Earth. I do remember when I tried to play it on the 360, it didn't have any sound. That was an interesting thing. That's curious. Like, I don't know if that was a backwards compatibility issue, but the game itself played, but there was no sound. Very strange. Um, and music in horror. If that ain't just about the easiest and best way to develop atmosphere, yeah, then I don't know what is. I mean, some of the, the, the musicians specifically for horror games, uh, we'll say as well, uh, Akira Yamioka, the guy that does all the, or did all the Silent Hill music, I don't think he's done the most recent ones. Um, absolutely perfect for the sort of um the environments that you're in this very industrial despairing music with the occasional really really beautiful little ballads in there um because you've mary elizabeth mclinn if you ever get a chance to pick up a silent hill soundtrack any one of them do it because they are absolutely fantastic listening um uh Another video game which I've actually I've looked at today, and I, can't, I, I did want to play it ages and ages ago, but I could never find uh, either a legitimate copy or a torrent anywhere, mm. um, which is called The Dark Eye. And this is the one I thought maybe potentially Simon, you might have played. It doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Because um, The Dark Eye is from the uh, mid-90s, I think it's 1995. Um, it's a point-and-click adventure game where basically... You play. It, there's a, there's an overarching narrative, but the actual sort of the meat of the gameplay is only these nightmare sequences, and you basically play out um, three uh, Edgar Allan Poe stories. Oh, but you play them twice: once as the murderer and once as the victim. Interesting. Okay. And it's all done. In, all the it's all done in uh, claymation FMV style. Very interesting. So it's got this horrible, uncanny valley thing going on with the characters' faces and whatnot. But the, the two things I learned today about it, though, I, I had no idea, was the music for the game. It was done by Thomas Dolby. Cool. Of She Blinded Me With Science fame. And the the sort of the patriarch of the family, the sort of the old retired um, uncle, is voiced by uh, the author William S. Burroughs. Huh. Okay, that sounds really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite strange, but and I've not been able to find a goddamn copy of it anywhere. Um, I, I mean, I would assume by now, I mean, 1995, I'd assume it'd be um, Abandonware, but apparently not. Apparently Jennifer Hale was in it as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, she's been doing games a long time. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, she started with early Bioware. I think she was in um, Baldur's Gate. Oh, wow. Fair enough. But yeah, it's just that's something I really wanted to look into, because, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, interesting ways of playing through nightmare sequences. Yeah. Music by Thomas friggin' Dolby. <laughs> I kind of want to try that myself. 
Yeah, if, if you if you could find a copy of it, um, please let me know because I would absolutely love to play it. Um, and for those of you who, who are Edgar Allan Poe fans, uh, the the stories that you play through are the Cask of Montiado, the Telltale Heart, and Berenice. That would work. And there's all the the sort of stuff you'd expect from uh, a Poe story in the overarching narrative, like uh, families to go on into decadence and decay and and madness and. Uh, being buried alive and whatnot, you know all that good stuff. I kind of want to play their debut game as well. Uh, Inscape were the developers. Now they look to not have been particularly successful, um, degrading quickly into Where's Waldo and Devo licenses. Wow! But uh, their first game was called The Residence, and it was described as a cross between Sim City and Twin Peaks. Holy shit! I want to wow. play that. That's that is, fascinating. That, that, I love both of those things. That's that sounds, I didn't like the city. I did like Twin Peaks. That sounds that's very strange. Crazy. Yeah, I, I think these were weird eyes. So is that, is that a bad day on the midway? I uh, know the residence because the residence oh, is the in cooperation with the residence. Yes, yeah. um, bad day on on the midway was the name of the game. Yeah, I, I want to know more. <laughs> Would you like to know more? Yes, yes, goddammit, I would. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's an interesting thing that sort of needs to be looked into. Um, the other one I was thinking of with uh, in terms of music is, I'm going to mention it now, The Path. Yeah. I'm just going to say, it's got really, really good music. I bought the the, the soundtrack. And it's um, indisputably a horror game, so we can't stop him from talking about it. That is true. This is, this is the type of... Well, well, we could, it? but it wouldn't be reasonable. When are we... Reasonable. I'd say it is based on uh, based on your descriptions of it yeah. and what I've seen of it because it's it's a personal horror. Yes, which is again probably a thing that I look for in a lot of games is that sort of being sort of to the knuckle pushing the envelope. What is horror rather than sort of the big scary monster? Things like madness and uh, self awareness and that sort of thing. All joking aside, I do like your choice in horror games and would like to play that sometime. Good, I, I have it with me now. Cool. Um, when do you not have it with you? <laughs> uh, not near my laptop, which is admittedly for 1.5 hours a day. He does take it to bed and rub it on his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> and then it asked for it. <laughs> you leave Arsenal gear out of this. Um, I was also looking at sort of the, the, the Metacritic to did uh, best and worst horror games. Without, without anyone else checking, does anyone want to take a hazard, hazard a guess as to what the number one was? The best horror game? I'm going to say either a Silent Hill or a Resident Evil. Two? No. No, no you already said that. Um, was it a Silent Hill or a Resident Evil? No. Was it Silent Hill 2? <laughs> no, Mike. <laughs> I'm slow. Uh, was it Bioshock? It was Bioshock. Bioshock was terrifying. I was just suddenly thinking of half an hour. what's the most critically attached to it as a label. I like on the top ten, four of the games are Castlevania. Cool. Bioshock was I when I played it, I was terrified. It's largely a jump horror, which annoys me. Yeah. Large, but I, like System Shock, I will play it regardless. And it doesn't moments of tension like being in the bathosphere. Yes. With the with I, slides of scrabbling around. Really well. It does. And the, the it tells the story incredibly point. compellingly, which is what the shock games do. And that's why I keep playing them. Yeah. And bearing in mind, these, these, this is only the Metacritic listing. It's only sort of like, you know, compiled ratings and one. This isn't, this isn't a, a like, uh, World 1, Stage 1 pick. 
number two in terms of like best rating. Yes. Number three, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. Yes. Number four, Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, mm, tied, yeah. tied fourth place, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Also tied fourth place, Planescape Torment, which is um, like Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale. It's a multi-dimensional. Ah, oh, the Flayed Woman and the Lady of Blades and whatnot. It, it is fucking terrifying. It's but not in a sort of like it's supposed to be terrifying. It's more like the ramifications of things in that game are terrifying. Hmm. Um, it's it's a multi-dimensional hopping um, roleplay game, which you know can lead to all sorts of things. Also, joint fourth place, the original Resident Evil. I, I would actually argue Resident Evil Two had scarier moments. But this is, no, no. A, if it was the if it was the original Resident Evil, the scary parts would have been the FMV. Oh god, the acting! Oh, the acting! Live action! Oh, oh the acting! <laughs> if, if, if no one's played the original, if you go get get a chance to go back and play the original Resident Evil, because all the like, the they were done by live action people, all <laughs> fitting costumes, pulling scared faces, and running around in a wood, firing pop guns at sock puppets with covered in fake blood. Sounds amazing! It is astounding. Uh, number eight, Resident Evil 4. Number nine, Demon Souls. Uh, number t- Left 4 Dead. Terrifying. Left 4 Dead 2. Also terrifying. The Beast Within, a Gabriel Knight mystery, which I don't actually know. It's a Sierra game. Yeah, the Gabriel Knight games were um, sort of paranormal occult detective story point-and-click adventures. They're pretty good. That's actually, that sounds awesome, actually. And it's a, it's a point-and-click detective game about being about a werewolf. Sounds good. <laughs> Does people want to know the uh, the top ten worst? If uh, there's any justice, then Phantasmagoria will be in there. Phantasmagoria is not on there, but oh, what? Yeah. oh that game belongs oh, on the worst horror games Simon. list. What about? Oh, okay, fair enough. I'm not actually. There's also speaking of horror games that are now available on Steam, Seventh Guest and Eleven, and and but they're they're reasonable puzzle games, and they are just victims of their era of being bad FMV. But yeah. Phantasmagoria is just the worst. It's just reprehensibly bad. Did it have a sequel as well? Uh, I hope not. Well, it was even like... You yes, know, it more did. Oh, no, it did. I've just remembered, yes, the Puzzle of Flesh. Puzzle of Flesh, that was the one. Yeah. Order with the highest with the highest scoring bad game. I'm sorry, I've just depressed myself. Uh, num- <laughs> number 10. <laughs> number 10, Evil Dead, Hail to the King. Yeah. PlayStation, Dreamcast, and PC. That was a game. Uh, a joint oh, three, a three games in joint seventh place. Uh, Resident Evil Survivor, which was the Resident Evil. Uh, I don't know why this is on the list. Ode Chambara Bikini Samurai Squad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna st- sit here and I, have you never heard of the Ode Chambara game? Ode Chambara. Yeah, it's I'm not going to sit here judging. It's going to in any game, in any game where you can play a demon hunter in hot pants and a cowboy hat, and you uppercut a zombie killer whale to death, is a good game. You can judge it, but it is a good game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Oni Chambara Bikini Samurai Squad and uh, Juan the Grudge for the Wii. Fine. It's scary, but it's a shit game. Oh yeah, shit game. Your character turns with all the speed and grace of a cow in cement. It's awful. Mechanically, it is just awful. It's everything that's terrible about motion control. Uh, Number six, Painkiller Resurrection. Oh god, that's terrible. Yeah? FPS. 
Uh, number five, Dead Space Ignition, what which is... It's, uh, was that one of the mobile phone games? It's No, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. It was basically Dead Space 1.5. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Escape from Bug Island, which I've never heard of. It's a Wii game. That probably explains it. Uh, Blood Trails. Never heard of it. This is a thing that happened with a lot of first-person shooters. Is First-person shooter came out, and someone went, I know how we can sell it again. Let's replace the Nazis slash Viet Cong slash Russians with zombies. That is what Shellshock 2 Blood Trails is. It's replacing the Viet Cong with zombies. Okay. So I would like to think they've done it in reverse with those games. Like, any any game, you just replace the bad guys with Nazis. <laughs> like, how interesting would Left 4 Dead 2... Think Left 4 Dead 2, but instead of zombies... It's a horde of Nazis. Hordes of Nazis. It's an infection that turns people into skinheads. <laughs> the boomer could be Gurren. <laughs> Sorted. And the, the number two, re- the num- it's a joint first place for worst ranked uh, horror game. God. Land of the Dead Road to Fiddler's Green, which is right. the movie, it's a prequel to the Land of the Dead movie. And I've actually played this one. Oh. Vampire. Oh, oh that game is ass. Yep. It really is. Vampire Rage with a Metacritic rating of 34. Ooh, that's all. So what the hell is Phantasmagoria's score on Metacritic? Did it even get a Metacritic rating? Is it, is it on Steam? Probably not. I'll be able to find out that way. Let me have a look. I shall be the, 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 the researcher. Phantasmagoria is not on Steam. Good. <laughs> Thank God. Do you want to see how much se- what seventh guest in eleventh hour have though? Metacritic rating. What's amazing is according to game rankings, which is not as good as Metacritic, yeah. Phantasmagoria has like fifty nine percent. That is eighty percent too much. Maybe one, <laughs> one person has reviewed it and he was he worked on it, I, and even he couldn't give it more than sixty. You know. <laughs> oh God, the Alone in the Dark remake as well. Oh, there's, there are so, right, I think it's fairly safe to say there are a lot more bad horror games out there than there are good. You think? Which is a shame, because I love horror. Absolutely love it. But it's one of those things that is so hard to do right. Mm. Like, I, I, it's probably a really, like, high-horse, pretentious thing to say, but cover-based, you know, World at War Call of Duty games don't look that hard to, like, not, not to make sort of mechanically speaking, but it would be difficult to get them wrong from a sort of <laughs> atmosphere point of view. I don't yeah. know. I've seen it done badly. You'd ever play Call yeah. of Duty 3. <laughs> um, but horror, horror is so friggin' difficult to do right. It's, but when people get it right, they get it very right. So I'm going to sort of put the thing on the outline and say, my favourite horror game all time, Silent Hill 2, with, with close by Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth, and The Path. Mm. And also, in terms of Darkseed, Simon, you've played Darkseed, right? I have, indeed. What would you say to people who are playing Darkseed? I, I would say don't burn the gloves. Don't burn the gloves. Don't throw the gloves in the fire. You need the gloves. Don't yep. throw the gloves. Oh, also, <laughs> and I, as I, a broader bit of advice, that game will let you fuck yourself irredeemably. Save often. Do not overwrite your save. Do not throw away the gloves. Um, we'll also point out there are exceptions to rules because I was thinking like we were talking about what makes a good horror game and I was there talking about you know like music and sound effects and interesting you know like terrifying monsters and getting the right vision 
what would happen if you had no access to music, no access to sound effects, and no access to interesting-looking visuals or monsters? And I went back to the lurking horror. If you might potentially remember that one, Simon, text-based uh, interactive novel. No, new to me. <laughs> okay, it's. I, oh, I think it was Stephen King. I could be wrong. Uh, or at least he may have been involved, or it was part of a pack that had a Stephen King game in there. Basically, it's you know text-based interactive fiction games, right? Oh yeah, quite well. Go north, eat sandwich, get ye flask, etc. <laughs> it's one of those, but you are sealed in a university because there's a massive snowstorm outside and you can't get out. Terrifying um, and really fucking difficult because I knew at one point in that game I've played that game about a hundred times. Once, like, the character I was playing became aware that there was something else in the building. Every other time, and including that one actually, my character died of exposure. <laughs> but he died of exposure holding onto a fire axe. So I like to think if the monster had found me, I would have stoved its fucking head in. I do. Um, so yeah, there are. You know, just because we say, oh, you need great music and you need good sound effects and yada 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 to set the tone and all that for a game, you can do quite well without as well. Well, it's... the risk being terror for a lot longer than most video games have been. No, exactly, and that's the thing is, you can set tension with words, horror stories, ghost stories. If you can do it, if you can tell a good story, you can you can get people scared. Hmm. And now I wonder what a, like a, a Call of Duty clone would be like, uh, medium. Shoot, Arab. Use gun on man. Shoot. Use gun on man. Use gun on man. <laughs> Crouch behind man wall. Man. Hide Use behind gun on man. Duck. Use gun on man. Duck. Wait. Use gun on man. Duck. It would not be great. Or from wrecked helicopter. Die. Die unremembered <laughs> and unmourned thousands of miles away from home. Would you like to play again? No. Oh. I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to make a text adventure version of a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's um, what else can we talk about in terms of horror? Because uh, we need another sort of thing to, to move on to, otherwise they will just start talking about the path. My favourite horror game, I think, is going to be Metro 2033. I was going to say that one. That's pretty, uh, yeah. That is a good game. Oh, I've got it, but I've never played it. I've never played it, and from what I can tell, it's basically Fallout if it took itself seriously. Yes. And was Russian. It, it will easily... The Russian makes a massive difference. It, yeah. It will easily lead you into a situation you cannot get out of. Such a good game. So it's, right, it's, game, no, the game's yeah, no. a series of novels. Yeah. It's a novel. Oh, a novel. novel. Uh, but because the, the novel has got so much content, they couldn't fit it all in one game. Oh yeah, that's why the sequel to it is more like a sort of one point five. Yeah, and it's you know, it's the games are very linear. You know, it's, it's just head down the path, follow the story. But in the areas they get you to explore, when you end up outside and you have to use a gas mask and stuff, you, you know, you can get hurt by the creatures and stuff there, and your gas mask will get damaged. You have and to replace you still the. Get fucked up. Yeah, and you have to replace the filters as you go through, all that sort of stuff. And, and ammo is so scarce. Yeah, ammo is rare. And the enemies, the monsters are pretty goddamn scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, the currency is, is ammo as well, but it's a separate thing from your actual <coughs> ammo supply you use for your weapons. But yeah, ammo is rare. 
trick there. I would have made it both. <laughs> well, I think it's like the, it's like no, it is it is your actual ammo, but it's the ammo for your basic pistol, which you don't use after level one, is the currency, and then you've got like you've got your SMG, and then you get the assault rifle. And I'm only on the bit. I've just got the assault rifle, and there is like I've got like one clip, and it is oh my god, that game's scary. There's no really light. You you mentioned at the beginning of this, that it's it's like Fallout if it took itself seriously, <coughs> which is something I should try to think about because I was looking at I've been looking at uh, lists of you know hundred greatest scary movies and shit like that because we're in the lead up to Halloween. I I need to marathon some horror films, um, and I suppose seeing all these sort of like comedy films turning up on there well that's the thing my halloween films are you know nightmare before christmas beetlejuice yeah edward scissorhands films of that ilk um more so than actual horror films huh and i know that's because you're you're not a huge horror fan but i do like a well-done comedy exactly and do you reckon there is a way to do scary and funny in the same film beetlejuice was terrifying it kind of is terrifying <laughs> And certainly inadvertently, yeah, I'm thinking again of Alien Colonial Marines. Because <laughs> that's not like, I mean, just completely take you out of it and stuff like that. Because I was thinking about these things, like, if someone cracks a joke, or there's like a little in-joke, or, or God forbid, things like a meme turning up in a horror game, like a pop culture reference, that's, mm. yeah. I would find that really, really distracting. I, I, I think one of, it's one of the few times where I'd say it's got to take itself seriously. Yeah, although sometimes if you're really, really ratcheting up the tension and then you break the tension and then you pay off the tension, that can be really good because you drop the player's guard, you drop the audience's guard. Yeah. That's why there is frequently just some sort of jokey moment or some suspense-breaking moment just before the payoff. Uh, a great example, I'm a leaf on the wind. Oh, yeah. It breaks the tension and then pays off the tension immediately. So you are caught off guard and it, yeah, it's a, it's a punch in the guts. Yeah. So used correctly, I think it can work well. That's cool. Okay. It certainly would work better than, say, the occasional terrifying moments in a, in a comedy film. Yeah. That would probably be slightly miscuing, uh, your genre there. Yeah. But it's, um, I think Bioshock does it. Uh, Infinite, certainly. With some of its musical choices, they they are oh, beautiful songs, and yeah. they are often given the story behind the game quite <laughs> funny. Yeah, well, songs are all, songs are all um, modern-ish songs, aren't they? So performed in a contemporary way, but especially if you know the plot. So on a second playthrough, you get the jokes why the developers chose these songs. And and you just want to smack them. Tainted love. And the first song you encounter, God only knows what I'd be without you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Not played it. The soundtrack to that game is amazing. But they are that kind of immersion-breaking moment of, wait, oh, that's really pretty. Wait, I see what you've done there. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, and then you're back into the moment. So, you guys suck. <laughs> So this is probably a really good point as well of mixing mixing terrifying with funny is Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, I just he was in a video game. Can't remember which one it was. He, in, a, in a proper like FMV video game. Ripper, that was it. 
Oh yeah, the terrible Jack the Ripper game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, FMV cutscenes, Ripper. That was the one. Oh dear, dear. There you go. Scary and funny at the same time. Christopher Walker doing anything. I mean, um, combining horror and comedy is fairly common uh, in films. I would have thought. Well, this is what I was thinking: is there's people people listing um, Carry On Screaming on their like you know top hundred greatest horror movies. Ghostbusters, yeah, because it had the, it was over, overall. I wouldn't call Ghostbusters a horror film. Which I wouldn't call Gremlins a Christmas film, but it yeah. is. Well, that's that's, also, uh, Gremlins is a horror film. Yeah, and Gremlins is a comedy. Yeah, but it's just those moments where it's like with, with Ghostbusters. It's like I, I, I would. Uh, would you call Ghostbusters a horror film? I mean, I, I, it's obviously it's got ghosts in it and whatnot, but it has suspense moments. It has some genuinely creepy stuff going on. It, it does have those moments of absolutely being quite fucking scary. Um, Ghostbusters two, I feel, feel had a couple more of them. Mm. As, for for all its sins. Um, I feel Ghostbusters 2 had some quite scary-ass moments. That's a horror. It's also comedy. Yeah, I, I feel that Reanimator is one of those films I think really suffered for being funny. Fair enough. And I, I, I mean, that is literally just an opinion thing. I'm quite willing for people to say, oh, I, I enjoyed it, that, that's cool. But I yeah, probably I wouldn't have enjoyed it if it took itself seriously. True. I mean, admittedly, you know, how seriously can you take yourself when you're like, we bring people back to the back from the dead by jabbing them with green shit? In a nutshell. <laughs> um, and then it's sort of, it's one of those things that became a parody of itself, like with the Beyond Reanimator. Um, if anyone hasn't heard it yet, please, for the love of God, type into YouTube, and, um, move your dead bones. Absent, yes, Dr. Reanimator, a, 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 an unfortunately very short lived, um, Musical star. Oh, Black Sheep. I'm just, I'm looking through a list of horror comedies. Oh, Black Sheep was fantastic. Black Sheep was amazing. Was it scary, though? At times. Very few. Yeah. Some jump scares. There was, there, was some, there was some jump scares and some sheep chewing on dick yeah. jump scares. There was definitely a very um, body horror element to it. Yes. Very similar to Brain Dead. Yeah. Or, what was it called in America? Dead Alive? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And again, body it's a thing that certain people will find very, very, very scary and others will just find very interesting. I, for example, I find body horror quite interesting. I actually wrote my um, dissertation on it, but I don't find it all that scary. Um, the Thing is a perfect example of a body horror film, but it, it works in tension and suspense and brilliant music. And Ooh, but when it's Alex has a good one. <clears throat> What's that? Repo. With Repo. Yeah. Oh, Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah. Which manages to be horror, comedy, and an opera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to watch that film again. It's a really good film. It, it, it's it right is. here next to me. Is it? Why is it right next to you? It should be because I was watching it the other day. Oh, right. Because <laughs> I love that film, and I've got the soundtrack on my phone. I listen to it almost every day. Excellent. Good man. <laughs> I think what the... The really, the most interesting thing to come out of Repo the Genetic Opera is the realisation that Paris Hilton is a surprisingly self-aware and surprisingly intelligent. <laughs> I hate to say it because it's Paris Hilton, but she's wonderful. And according to everyone on that set, she was there precisely to send herself up yeah. and to take down her, kind of her personal demons. You know, they were saying you're playing this ridiculous character and she's like what yeah i'm playing a person who has a father that doesn't love her and 
will probably never be able to change that no matter what amount of privilege she's got. Yeah, what a stretch for me. Um, <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Yeah, she gets it. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great film. I need to watch it again. Good movie this year. Excellent. And also, we need to try and find, uh, what's it, The Dark Eye. Yes, definitely. Yeah. For I'm gaming. Trying to find it because claymation scares the shit out of me, so this should be very, very interesting. Ah, claymation, yes. I'm suddenly remembering the, uh, the tales of Mark Twain. Claymation Satan. <laughs> that oh, that rings a bell, and it's it's one of those things where I'm just suddenly like, I think I'm uncovering a memory that I don't want to uncover. Well, I certainly used it to do that. I get um, a feeling it might have been on the twelve o'clock to one o'clock section on the Sci-Fi Channel that was called Headfuck. <laughs> they would they just showed short clips of things. The Satan in that had a, a head that was a it looked like a porcelain opera mask that suspended above his body. And because it was claymation, the whole thing warped and twisted at various points. And he wore, had like a suit of armor for a body, or um, I don't remember it being armor, but uh, it was it was interesting. <laughs> it was I think I have seen it. Yeah, ah. I'm trying to find the screenshots of it. Oh, it was a suit of armor by the look of things. Yes. Um, let's see if posting this image in front of Jack will uh, traumatize him forever. We can only hope, I suppose. Uh, actually, I can't find a decent. St- oh boy! <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, I remember that. That was creepy. Oh, no. oh yeah. Nope. Oh, claymation. <laughs> claymation clown. What are you guys scared of? I'm just thinking, like, if you, if someone were to put your biggest fears into a video game, you, I'm your biggest fear. One of. Aww. <laughs> that is the sound of Jack being genuinely touched. That is, that is actually probably one of the nicest things I've ever heard. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, not even in sense. Like, aww. To, to think that I might have such a profound effect on someone. I know it's a joke, but, aww. You are terrifying. Thank you. That actually means quite a lot to me. Good. Damn it, why did I click it again? Fletch scares me. <laughs> yeah, but there are there yeah. many cl- games about evil clowns? Probably. Yeah. Oh. Funny enough, oh. Funny enough, uh, back when we were talking about the arcades and stuff, I found one there. It was called... Um, Car, uh, Carnival. Fairly on the nose title. Yeah, Carnival. And it had a terrifying, um, clown in that. Oh, you know what you should play if you're, if you're afraid of Fletch? What you should play is, oh, come on, where have you gone? Bewilder House. Thing that uses the whole, uh, if you look at the monster, it doesn't move thing. The right. monster is a clown. Uh, no. It's, it's, which leads a whole lot more sinister thing to it, because it's like, it's not a monster, it's just a clown who follows you when you're not looking. <laughs> if we if go, go, go there, I go, Creepy Watson. Creepy Watson. No! I was just say Creepy Watson. Psycho Circus. Oh, I remember Kiss Psycho Circus. I didn't realise that was a, a survival horror game. Or maybe I'm getting it mixed up with Kiss Pinball. Are you familiar with Creepy Watson, Jack? 
I am very, very familiar. I'm with intimately Creepy. familiar with Creepy Watson. I am so familiar with Creepy Watson. Excellent. Um, oh, just Watson, Watson. For those of you who are not familiar with this, uh, I've, it had multiple names across different countries. There was a, there was a Sherlock Holmes uh, video game. Uh, like it might, it might have been called like the last case of Sherlock Holmes. I think that was what it's called in the UK. Um, but basically, there was a, a bit of coding in that game that basically meant Watson and and you know it's, he helped you out. It was like the little NPC. I think you may have been able to swap between Sherlock and Watson. Um, anyway, Watson followed you round when you're doing things. All done in first person mode. And the only problem with this is <laughs> Watson was never given a walking animation. Maybe they ran out of time, or maybe they're just assholes. But Watson had no walking animation. And when I first heard this, I thought that meant that Watson would be floating around <laughs> like some kind of evil spirit. But no. But no, it's so much worse than that. It means Watson follows you only when you are not observing Watson. So the moment he is off screen, the game preps for where he should be. So when you look back, he's right there. And sometimes it's not even that, like, you can, you can look at him and walk backwards so you're like, you know, 50 feet away, and then do a complete 360, and then he'll be right next to you in the 0.5 of a second it's taken you for turn around. But even worse than that is those moments where you can, like, walk backwards, staring at him the entire time as you're like 50, 100 feet away from him, and you, you sidestep round a corner, and he's there, you just see him poking out the right hand side of your vision, like he was there all along waiting for you oh my god creepy watson is just or when you're running through a fucking room trying to escape from that bath and he's just hiding behind every bahai see what they've inadvertently done is they've perfected the art of programming eagles from the disc world yeah or they basically programmed a slasher movie game jason Voorhees always being able to just be behind the exact tree like that the teen trips near that's true who just be there. You know, they, they, they've made the perfect uh, game engine to make Friday the 13th on. I'm now imagining Watson with the mask. <laughs> just... <laughs> Old sport. <laughs> <laughs> I want the... Yeah. All right, shall we then? Okay. Because <laughs> that's the most that. horrific thing. Speaking of combining horror and comedy... So this has been World 1 Stage 1. Yeah. I have been terrified. I have been mortified. I've been scared. Sanctified? I don't have anything. I was going to say sanctified. Okay. Not sexified. Saxophone? Ah! Goodbye. Let's let's leave this with good evening. (laughs) Good evening. And also, don't have nightmares. Why not? Because it would be bad. Don't have... I'm being nice. Don't have nightmares, guys. Have, have nice dreams without, you know, whatever you do, don't turn around because there's a thing behind you. It's called Watson. It's don't, don't, don't look at him because if you look at him, that would really piss him off. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.